the wake of a long and terrible war, our story awakens. With a future that is challenged by evil forces and tempered by powerful magic, a world struggles to find its destiny. A destiny which you now find yourself a part of, as the prophecy has foretold. These are the savage tales of Eberron. Now, settle in and prepare yourself for the thrilling adventures of our brave crew as they seek to make their own fate on this week's episode of Mourners of Lazar. Welcome everyone, I'm Ellie, playing Captain Dana. I'm Jaime, I'm playing Kay Zamorano. Uh, Ernesto here playing Truco. And Mike Wittorlin. I'm your Dungeon Master, Philip. Welcome to Savage Tales of Eberron, Mourners of Lazar campaign. Thank you all for listening to us. Uh, hope you enjoy our show tonight. We'll start off with a nice, juicy background question for a group of Syrians. Uh, if the last war went the way you wanted it to, what would Corvair look like today? If the last war had gone the way I wanted it to, it wouldn't have happened in the first place. What, what a stupid waste. There was a claim. It was a clear claim. Princess Michonne had it. And here come the other nations going, oh, no, no, we can't possibly. And a hundred years of bloodshed and death. For what? For what? If the last war had gone the way I wanted it to and never happened in the first place, that would have meant that the other nations were compassionate and just and reasonable. And boy, Corvair would look different because, <laughs> I mean, you, you're going to tell me that Zalargo is just and reasonable? You're going to tell me that Brayland is just and reasonable? You're going to want to tell me that Ondare and Thrain and Karnath care about their neighbors and making Corvair a better place? Well, you can tell me that, but I'd call you a liar. Uh, if Thor had gone the way I wanted to, Corvair would actually be a pretty good place to live. But, well, here I am, as far away from it as I can get. And Kay thinks much the same. I mean, as it was collective insanity. Kay's father was born into the war. Kay's father's father was born into the war. Kay's father's father's father was born into the war. If it had ended the way Kay wanted it to, people would have had a realization that they were doing their own thing. I mean, Kay fled. He left because he couldn't stand the idea of being a piece in a larger machine of death. He ran away. He had his head in the sand. And that question, what would the last war, what would have happened? How, what would Corvair be if it went, ended the way the way he wanted it to is, is just a further, a further fantasy. But if you're going to indulge in fantasy, wouldn't be called Corvair, be the kingdom of Galifar. You know? But I guess I guess that's what dreams are for, and I guess that's what Sierra has to aspire to, you know? They're all dreams. So that old saying? What our dreams imagine? Our hands create. I mean uh, wise words coming from an artificer, I would say. But um, a kingdom. That's to change the name of a kingdom. I will. I will like. I like the notion of a kingdom, but I don't like the notion of a king. You know, 
And if I had to think in the wildest dreams of what will happen if I get any control over what transpired in the last war, war I will go to say that uh, if you think about it, uh, I mean, I lost my parents to the war. Uh, they were scouts for Seer. Uh, and you see that everywhere. The, the people that died in the war weren't the ones that started it. They weren't the ones that uh, that lead it to it. And so I would much rather prefer that the last war will just wake up people into knowing that their leaders uh, were the ones leading them, moving them towards battling each other and just killing themselves. I would just much rather prefer to, I don't know, uh, people just, I would like the people that were taken off power, uh, were the ones that were in power and not the ones that, given the end of the world, are still in power today. The houses, the kings, uh, every everything keeps moving still in that same direction. Uh, I would much rather prefer to people to be free, people to be free to choice, to, to, to choose the way they live and, and I don't know, form their, their own communities of people where there isn't like this such desire of controlling everyone, you know? I like freedom. I, I just want people to be, to be free to decide what, how to live. If I was thinking of a way the world would have the world would have ended. Will be in a way that there will be no, no more houses, no more kings, just people. Well, let's see. They, uh, how would I redraw the borders? If I were to engage in such a flight of fancy. Well, I'd start with giving back Brillin the land that we lost there at the start of the war, and returning Thalinthorpe to its rightful rulers. And for good measure, I'd undo the morning while I'm at it. But you know, there's a, uh, a saying by Beggar Dane that dreams don't put swords in the hand of soldiers. And, you know, those are all just flights of fancy. The reality is, is that I benefited greatly during the war, and I would have known what to do with myself if it hadn't been going on. And so... I think a long time ago there would have been a part of me that uh, would have been sad to have seen it never happen. I don't think that, that that dwarf is the one that's walking around today, but it was at one point, that's for damn sure. So for this week's recap, we have Dana. <laughs> I have no idea what's so funny, old man. Well, Kay Zamorano. He was convinced that he'd be a shortcut to get in that audience with Roger. And I told him that we'd trade Lagra for him. We couldn't afford to buy him out of his indentured servitude, but had a bargaining chip at least. Well, we went to the bar where Roger was supposed to be. Uh, we told a few stories to get the crowd hyped up, at least looking at us a bit friendlier. And uh, when you know it, after about half an hour, Roger walked into that bar like he owned the place, because, I mean, he does. He was uh, 
impressive. And, you know, Kay was there with him, as he promised. So I went and I sat with Roger, introduced myself. Oh. Oddly enough, he was real interested in my dragon mark. He got real disappointed when he, when he found out I wasn't representing House Deneth, which, wow, that was unexpected. Seems he wants to truck with the houses. Wait, what's a truck? Anyways, long story short, we bought Kay's freedom with Lagra, in spite of all <laughs> the poor guy's skepticism. Got him free, got his brand removed, and he had some information. Turns out that Alexei Arland is in Tantamar, or at least near it, and that we've got four days to get there. That's gonna be full sail as fast as we can if we don't want to lose him. And Torlin pointed out rightly that we needed some work to take us there. Luck would have it. Roger's major domo was interested in having us take some wine to Port Verge. Well, I've got business in Port Verge, and it'll be good to be home, as it were, kind of. Anyways, that's the important part. We found Kay. Kay's looking for Alexi Arland, Captain Arland's son. <laughs> We're looking for Captain Arland. We've got business, we've got a goal, we've got a new friend. And I, I heard some scuttlebutt around the ship that Shastrin got into a, a spot of trouble, but no one's mentioned anything to me. And well, he was able to make it back in time for us to weigh anchor and get out of Regal Port ASAP. So anyways, we are en route to Tantamar and hopefully the wind holds. Thank you for that. I've deposited your party loot, uh, 125 deposit for delivering, uh, first half for delivering the, uh, the wine to Point Verge. <clears throat> so, um, it is going to take you, um, approximately about five days to get to Tantamar from Regalport. Um, going by the most direct route, which is, I assume what you want to still skirting around Dreadhold a little bit. Uh, what is, uh, well, let's do, we're going to do some interludes here. Clearly you've all sat down for dinner this night and have a conversation about what Corvair would look like if, uh, you guys, if the war turned out the way that you wanted to turn into a nice discussion and conversation you all had it seemed, uh, I am interested, as far as the interludes are concerned, uh, I will give a card to everyone. But what I'd be interested in is if two people kind of take the trek route to an interlude of describe an encounter or something that happens along the route that you guys take. And two others can do, you know, personal interludes, perhaps involve other players. Um, and I guess this would be Kay's first interlude. So he's probably, that's why he's looking at me with questioning look so interludes are basically uh they are how part of the savage world's rule system i'm going to deal everybody a card uh and i'll get that set up here <clears throat> can and i the card can I, can I say what i think it is and then you correct me sure so we're, we're we're kind of world building here so you're giving us an opportunity to create a scenario or an event 
collaboratively of something that happens in between that's interesting but doesn't necessarily have a huge amount of mechanical effects for flavor. And then you're also asking us to do potentially personal stuff. So it's kind of like an RP session where we get to kind of like jive off each other a little bit. Yep. So basically you can see an interlude. It's almost kind of like, you know, the red line things that happen in like the Indiana Jones movies where it kind of goes from one large scene to another where they do some small conversation or interaction between players that highlight the travel. So it's an opportunity basically to create a, for you to sit in, sit in the dungeon master seat for a little bit. Uh, and you can even create your own scene, particularly on the Trek option, is you can describe something that's happened to the ship uh, in your encounter at sea as you go along. Um, so everybody's given a card. If you want to reveal the cards so I can see them, because I can't quite see them. There we go. Spades from Truco is, uh, I'll have you kind of run and read them all off. And I can, uh, there's three options in Spades. Yep. Downtime, backstory, track. There you go. Yeah. Uh, and I can choose between any of the three. Yeah. Okay. Feel free and choose between any of the three options. All right. And you mentioned prior that would be, we would like to be like, some interludes that involve others and some interludes that can you repeat that last well i think the interludes are a great opportunity to involve the other players yeah. right and whatever role playing that you're doing and stuff like that uh creates some more screen time between you and some of the other players even though you're kind of at the center of painting the scene uh and the trek is the trek option for the interlude is essentially describing a, an encounter or something that happens to the ship along the way this is i think this is one of the places where you can really step even more into the dungeon master seat of um i mean you could describe uh, an encounter scene with most anything that kind of fits in the bill of the little description that they have there what suit do you have torlin i have a club several clubs okay join the club the club's backstory prompt actually could work really well with that joint interlude you and I just uh, discussed in DMs. Uh, backstory. Yeah. <clears throat> so who would like to go first? So I don't know, uh, telegraphing a little and, bit. Yeah. And again, this, your trip is going to take about Same five days more or less. So this could happen at any, any point in time along. Any of these interludes could happen at any point in time. Doesn't need to be in. They don't need to be presented in chronological order. Fair. Um, only flying this, um, and I'm wondering, like, because I can do any of the three downtime backstory or track, it's fine. I'm wondering if it's an opportunity for the crew to learn a little bit about Zay's backstory. Definitely. Your interlude. Yeah, you can invite or uh, not invite whoever you please to your interlude. Yeah, so you can. This you can, you can so you you paint the scene, set up the scene of like if you're going to go with the backstory, feel free and paint the scene of, of who you're interacting with. It could be multiple people, one person. I'm I'm happy to let someone go first, just so I can get a feel of what it what you how you guys run it. Um, I'm just saying that it probably is an idea for me either to go second or third or whatever, and I'll just take the backstory option because I think it's worthwhile to explore a little bit of how of Zamorano because you know he's new. Uh, I have an idea, kind of can start if you want. Take it away, Truco. All right. Uh, well, so 
we're in the open sea, right? And uh, uh, we have some food that we got from Regalport. Um, I'm not as good, and Truco find himself in the um, with the curiosity of trying to uh, train a bit, or at least try to use this uh, harpoon that he has. Uh, this like ornate, ornate uh, harpoon that uh, Tolan described to him the history of it, uh, the lore behind this object, which seems quite valuable, right? And and he starts uh, toying a bit with it in uh, in the deck, right? Uh, just trying to uh, see that there's a rope at the end of it, and tries to uh, attach himself to it. And he just tries to throw it to some port without uh, being somewhere else in the in the vicinity, of course, uh, or at least as far as he knows. And he gets uh, he tries to throw it. He doesn't throw it as far as. And and, and one day uh, he he starts kind of training or learning to use it. Uh, he he throws it and and, and pulls himself uh, towards the harpoon. Uh, and there is a moment when the, he discovers that there's like there was like a quite like thinking of him like oh I wish that I will, I wish this harpoon I will get to get to get it back like it was like stuck in in, in the mast and he's thinking oh I, uh, huh. I mean I can reach there I mean I'm quite capable of but it would be nice to be and then it's just like instantly appears in his hand it's just like holy sh holy shit oh that's that's, that's quite remarkable. And he starts learning a bit more in the day spice, and you see uh, Truco every now and then. He gets distracted from his boat swain duties as he like, he's like trying to uh, learn about using it. Um, some people, like some of the of the uh, riggers, start shouting to Truco, like to to give him uh, to ask for him some some uh, directions, and he's like, "Oh right, yeah, yes, no, no, do this, do this," and he just keeps, keeps like. Trying to learn from the from the harpoon, and there's a, a one point that there is like, um, uh, there's like, how, how do you call it in English? The like a group of fish. Uh, school. School. There you go. Thank you. Uh, there is a, a school of, um, I will say, uh, not dolph dolphins because they are cute, but something that is not cute uh, and it's a bit larger. Uh, I don't know, orcas maybe? It's somewhere, somewhere along those lines. Salmon, pikes, like orcas are mean. Man. Uh, yeah, they are. They are quite mean. And so he he sees one of them and he's like, hmm, I might. I mean, we have some food in the in the boat, but we might be good from with some fresh stuff. And uh, and I will be. Uh, people will. Yeah, but I, maybe I can charge for it if I if I make. It make it all for myself but now let's let's, let's just try and he's, he likes, likes the, the idea of the challenge of trying to catch this uh, uh, orca uh, let's say and he just uh, at one point this is like um, at the beginning of the of the boat right and I would say with the stern wow. or the, the bow there we go and he just like uh, tries to to throw out one and misses tries to throw the one and misses and he's like really frustrated and then there's like a moment where he throws another and he catches it but he's like he's with the rope uh, of the uh, harpoon on, on, on one of his hands and it's like 
oh wow, it got him. And he, he doesn't realize that he doesn't have any strength to, to just hold him up, hold it up. And just like starts, uh, the orchestra starts going uh, alongside the ship at the point that he's like almost being thrown away from the boat, but he's like holding himself uh, from the uh, from his feet um, at the border of it, and he's like just being being like uh, uh, I don't know what to call, it, but to he's being forcibly moved all across Drag? the ship. He is being dragged uh, all across the border of the ship, and you guys at some point, maybe you Kay, or maybe you Dana or or, or, or Tolan, uh, you see Truco just being dragged, just being hit by like a bunch of wool as he's like trying to uh, Albert reaches out and grabs you he's like no little friend no little friend oh Gobi Gobi that's it's a big one yes I mean and he's like pull pull Albert help me and he just he just starts pulling you he just starts right, grabbing right. you around the waist and he just starts holding it he just starts pulling you right 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 and and, a, and there's like a really big struggle and then at one point we kind of get the orca gets to be like he, he starts to be a bit weaker right and we get to a point where we get to take uh we, we it's a small orca i want to be like that big uh and just like into the deck and <laughs> i don't know whatever animal isn't cute uh, in the <laughs> sea but it's large enough to be uh, edible uh, or at least a good a good a good feast you know and there's this moment of proudness in Truco as he's like uh, sitting on, like standing on top of the creature, right? And it's like a, you can imagine like a picture of him like looking at the sky, just looking, being on top of the of this creature. Yeah, that that exactly that. You guys can can see it because of the podcast, but uh, Jaime is doing the exact pose that I imagine. Um, and yeah, that's kind of a, an obstacle, a pseudo obstacles that that Truco got to solve uh, by the help of. Albert, and there's a one night, or maybe two or three nights, where we uh, eat a lot of fish. <laughs> I would say that. I mean, that's certainly pretty common on the ship. Uh, probably not an orca. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, maybe a, a large sea turtle. Sea turtle. There you go. <laughs> yeah, uh, we. They're really that fat, fast, fast, but yeah, they're they aren't really that fast, but they are quite strong. So I would say so. Yeah. And it speaks to the might of your spear if you manage to get a sea turtle. Like, it's yeah. mostly armor, right? So, yeah. Dana sees Albert's. Dana sees Albert's act of heroism and commends him in front of the crew. Or he he kind of looks around uncertainly, scratching his head. I just slap him on the back. You did great, Albert. I'm glad you're aboard. Oh, Albert, Albert, do good. Albert did really good. I lean over to Shastrun. Say, Dan, that's how you get to the captain's approval. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go catch a sea turtle, young young lad. <laughs> well, that's I'm a giving, good segue. I'm giving Torlin a penny for that. <laughs> that's a good segue. So. So. One of the nights, um, after dinner, but <clears throat> on the uh, on the main deck, clear skies. There's a lot of stars out. You can see uh, the Ring of Sibaris across the night sky. 
It's a few moons out. It's very, it's very well lit for a night like tonight. People are kind of mulling around right before for bedtime. It's changing stories, and uh, Kay walks up and kind of like asks, like stands on a, on a half crate or on a, on a barrel, and uh, speaks out. It's like I'd like to, I'd like to say something, to people that are out here. Thank you, thank you to to Captain Dana, but thank you to all of you. I was in a bad way. Well, you all had the time chance to meet me. You all know that, or the stories have come around that I was indentured, that I was in manacles at one point, all because I came looking for a piece of seer. Like all of you, I, I still have seer in my heart, and it's a shame that people take advantage of that. I came here looking for friend. The morning happened years ago. I've been looking for traces of my of my life. Anything that could connect me to the people that I hoped had made it out. I mean, we all lost. Well, we all lost everything. But I was hoping I didn't lose absolutely everything. And I've been searching ever since. And out here, there's not much in the principalities. But when you book passage, you run into someone who has quite literally the morals of a pirate. And you tell them, hey, I've got nothing left. No one will come looking for me. I'm looking for something to connect to. You trust the wrong person, you say too much. They take advantage of that here. They can take advantage of us. And they did take advantage of me. A few words. I have no reputation. No one knows who I am. Suddenly, I've, I'm a criminal. I was asleep when it happened. But suddenly, I'm a criminal. And now I'm in shackles. No one to speak for me. All I did was book passage. Wrong boat. Wrong time. La Rouge. And Captain Dana found me. And now I'm with Sierra again. Now if I go missing, you know someone's going to look for me. And I look around the... Kay looks around the, the deck. If you go missing, someone will go looking for you. So thank you. You know, universe... After everything that's happened. Universe is against us, Right? All we have is each other. Well, if you go missing, I hope you at least make it a little bit easier on us than the last lass who did. <laughs> she got stuck in a cave full of Grindylows. Well, hopefully uh, that won't happen. But and we've got you back time, if we do. Hopefully next time it'll be me helping you out. Oh, this, you guys this is happy. like at the like an at a night like at like at the table. Okay, Tuka raises a glass uh, of a like. A, you speak like really like you speak like really great words, man. It's, uh, he's a bit drunk about it, and he's I. You seem like a great guy. Just I, I knew that the first time and I, I saw you, and and you are right. People can uh, take advantage of us, but they won't. They won't. And he's just start wording, wondering. Druko, no. you raise a toast, you have to raise it to something. What are we toasting uh, to? A, a toast for the... Can't let a toast go waste. Here, 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 here Truco, Truco. Yeah, we learn. Truco. Learn from our Words mistakes. are one thing, actions are something else. And actions. we're all about action. Cheers for actions. We, we will get taken advantage of Truco. It's happened before, it's going to happen again. The differences, as long as I'm at the helm of this ship, 
they they can try to take advantage of us, of you, of me, but they're not going to get it, and they're not going to succeed. But they're welcome to try. And I, uh, I drain um, my glass, and as we're sitting here around the table, are drink, you going into your interlude? Yes, this is a perfect segue. Okay, one moment. Give me a notice check, Kay. Uh, yeah, hold on. If you <laughs> hit C, it brings up your character sheet. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking, I'm pulling it up right now. Well, this is highly unusual. Uh-oh. Keep you it in. You want Benny it. What'd you get? Hold on, I'm Benny it. You there rolled you a two. No, and I rolled a nine. Now it's a nine. You keeping that? Yes, I'm keeping that. Sorry, my final answer. So of course your your uh, what you shared was uh, pretty well received, especially amongst the officers. But you also noticed that there was some uh, minor whispering and some disinterested stuff amongst some of the crew that was on on the deck, particularly around the parts. You just muted yourself. Yeah, when you mentioned um, the things about Seer, Seer and you actually kind of noticed and learned that actually most of the regular sailing crew aren't Seerans is what you eventually kind of learn over the next couple of days. Uh, this would certainly be new information to you, Kate, not knowing the ship that you're on. Uh, but this is something that kind of enlightens you. And as you start looking out and seeing, noticing the different responses, realizing that at this point, it seems that mostly just the officers are Sirens. Um, don't think any of the crew are Sirens at this point. So just something that, uh, go ahead, Ellie. Right. As we're uh, sitting and, and drinking, you know, I I drink to Kay's speech. I I drink to Truco and reassure him that things are different now. Things are different now. And before everyone's dispersed for the night, I head back to my cabin and open a little box that I always keep in my sea chest, just a small wooden carf box. And the lid of it is a tiny little mirror and I just open it and just stare at that dragon mark on my eye and get lost in a memory about all that time with House Stennis. And that jogs a different memory that of when I was 12 years old and this woman claiming to be my aunt came to visit the farm. And after my father found out she was there, he sent me to my room and argued with her bitterly and, and told her to leave before morning because she was, she was trying to get into trouble. She was chasing adventure. She was chasing danger. And I never put two and two together until now, until that conversation with Roger being so interested, so excited when he thought I was non-boy of House Zenith. And what if that woman was my aunt? And what if she was trying to... I've heard that's a way to force a dragon market, force mine. What if that's what was happening? What if that was what she wanted and what she was saying was true? And as I think about this, I start, um, I start writing out a letter to her. I have 
no idea what her actual name is, and I'm sure this letter will never ever find her if I, I don't know if Civis would even take it without an address or even a name or country, but I write it and I tell her who I am and I tell her what's become of me. And I seal it up and I poke my head out my cabin door and call for a runner to go find Torlin. Here. Sastrin is right outside your door. Oh, um, you're. Um, he, he was kind of. He was. He was uh, like sitting down on a uh, a crate that was secured down there, just kind of sitting I, there. I start a little to see him right there. He he jumps up and goes, Captain. Is there anything I can help with? Sastrin, it's ten bells. What are you doing here? Oh, <clears throat> just waiting to see if you need anything. Um, you, you don't, you, you're not on shift. I mean, seeing if you need anything doesn't, you know, doesn't, I don't have to do that just on my shifts. You know, I just want to be of help. Oh, um, okay. Um, Give me a notice roll. Here we go. Um, might decide to speed this up depending on what happens how good this role is. You know, it's it's been enough time, been enough signs. I'm gonna Benny that too and see if uh, see if I start catching on here. That's a five, uh, five basic success. Narratively, I like that upgrade to the failure. Well, what I was having you roll to see if you notice as you kind of like, you actually, you see him and you look over, uh, down on, gosh, I gotta remember what the crown bell looks like. Three-masted galleon. Uh, my uh, cabin has a balcony on it. Yeah, so your door would come out onto the quarter deck where the helm is. Um, you actually kind of notice walking down from the, uh, actually just kind of coming up from the main deck to walking the quarter deck, you see Sade, Sastron's sister, and you notice that she just kind of like, she's not really looking at you, she's looking at Shastron, and you just see her just like, just sigh and just like, oh, just shake her head. And, then, and, she, and she actually then just stops and she just kind of like, she goes back down the ladder and just turns around and kind of walks underneath into the galley. Have you and Sade had a falling out? Uh, no, I wouldn't, no. I mean, we might be twins, but you know, we don't, we don't do everything together. We don't, we're not. <clears throat> um, yes, of course, it, I'm sorry to, you don't have to answer this, but is she happy being on this crew? I've gotten a sense that she might not be. And I, I, mean, I wouldn't she, want to separate you two. I mean, she likes to, to rub in my face that she was born first, so she considers herself the older one and, you know, watches over me and stuff. But, I mean, <clears throat> you know, so she feels... She she takes too much responsibility for things. She really does. Uh, that's not really what I was asking. She's been very, um, has she said anything to you suggesting that she is unhappy with the uh, leadership on this ship? And if, if that, so, I need to know if there are rumblings in the crew. I mean, I, I haven't heard anything. I would absolutely tell you if I heard any rumblings. I mean, you know, I, I mean, if, if there are issues, they, sh they should come to you or Torlin or somebody. Yes, of course. Um, Look, are you okay? You, it's it's very late. You're not down with the crew. I've seen you be separate from the crew quite a bit. Are 
Are you finding you're having trouble settling in? No, no, not at all. No, I mean, it's not quite time for bed yet. So I was just out, you know, admiring the moon's out. Um, I mean, did you you come out here? Did you need anything? I I thought I heard you calling for a runner or something. Yes, I do. I thought, I thought Rosie was, anyways, um, can you please find Torlin for me? I would suspect, Torlin's actually probably overheard all this, uh, suspect since he's on the, on the night shift, um, which would be right about now. He'd probably be at the helm. Yeah. Uh, well, look, Shastrin, tomorrow night, I want to see you down in the galley with the crew. Just, I'm not going to force you to be anyone's friend. Just go down, share a drink with people. Just, you know, settle yourself in a little bit. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm making friends. I'm not, I'm not a loner. I'm not sure what, what gives you that idea. Because every time I look over my shoulder, you're there and you're alone. <clears throat> I mean, nobody's, who can be alone on a ship? I'm, I'm not alone. I'm good. Really. Okay. Well, is there anything you need? Oh, uh, no. Do I believe, th- does he seem trustworthy in his denial? <laughs> uh, give me a notice check. That's an ace on both dice, four and 11. Yeah, the no part, he definitely, uh, he, he seems genuine in his denial there. There is, there does seem to be overall something he's, uh, you get the sense that he's not saying or speaking to. I, I just chuckle a little bit and say, Shastrin, I was a, I was a career sergeant and would have been had had things gone a little would still be had things gone differently. I've I've got a sense for this kind of stuff. It's you don't have to tell the captain everything, but I can see you've got something eating at you. So please talk to someone before it pops. Okay. Sure. Yeah, I got people I can talk to on the ship. Good. Good. Do that. Did you need me to help with anything? No, Torlin's right. I was looking for Torlin, and he's right there. Torlin, uh, no, he does go fetch Torlin, uh, who he okay. finds up at the helm, which is, correct me if I'm wrong, above Dana's quarters? No, it's actually, her quarters would come out right on this quarter deck, which is the same deck the helm is on. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. The poop deck is the roof of her quarters. <laughs> Ah, Dana, you, you, Captain, you called. Yeah, Torlin, come. Sorry, I know I should be calling you Captain more. It's uh, just old habit. Hope you don't mind. I mean, oh, it's only important in front of the crew. And, I, well, uh, that's the that's the issue. I think they're used to it at this point. I just look over if if Shastrin's still there when I'm saying it's important in front of the crew and. If he's still shadowing, I think they're used to it too, but it's still a good practice. Mainly with the newer, the newer additions, such as that fella Kay. Yeah. Torlin, will you come have another drink with me? Just, just you and me, please. Uh, sure. That's, uh, that's not a bother. Um, I hope I'm in the right mind for what you have. Uh, in store for discussion, I've been uh, 
getting extremely frustrated at this blade of mine. I just can't seem to get the tarnish out. Been polishing it all night at the wheel. Here, let's let me come. Let's have come sit at my table. Let's take a look at it. I I know you've been doing this a lot longer than I have, but I've learned a few tricks from House Denith, and that's what I want to tell you about. All right. Well, I brought my uh, turpentine and and some of the grog, so that's what I've been using for polish. Won't you have uh, a whirl at it? So I close the, uh, you know, usher Torlin inside to my cabin, close the door kind of in Shastrin's face because he's still there. <laughs> no, he want, he started wandering away after, after you guys It's talked. my interlude, though. Can I say he's still there? Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> I, I kind of shut the door in his face because he's still there. And... Um, sit down and take a look at the, you know, take a look at the sword and start doing some different technique to it that is definitely not regular army approved, kind of a... The conifers over in Regalport, the, the resin there is, makes for a nice polish. It does, but I'm not sure it's, not sure it's going to get the tarnish out, but Torlin, when I was, when I met with Ryger, wow, he's He's something else. Um, he got real excited when he thought I was an envoy from House Denneth. Uh, so I noticed. Torlin, that's huge. No one else in the Lazar gives a shit. They're not scared. They're not impressed. They they just don't care. And this seems real important to Roger. And I want to see if I can do something about that. And, and uh, he does seem to be trying to build connections with the houses. I'm, I'm not going back into the blade marks. I think that much is obvious, but Sinam, um, and as I start telling Torlin this story that he's never heard before about this woman who came to the farm claiming to be my aunt. I know you told me that you didn't know anything, but you were very specific that my father wasn't Denneth, and my grandfather wasn't Denneth, and my great-grandfather wasn't Denneth. But what about my great-grandmother, and my grandmother, and my mother, and my aunt? I wrote her- I'm sending her a letter, Torlin. Well, I can't, uh, can't say I spoke to the women in your family too much. I mainly got along with the men, being war buddies and all. But, uh, well, your grandmother was nice enough. Torlin. What about your aunt? Well, it's like I, it's just what I told you, and that's all I know. I haven't seen her in 18 years or heard from her. But, Torlin, one way or another, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I'd rather hear it from you. You're going to have to be more specific. If Torlin is there a Denneth family member in my bloodline. What did you promise my grandfather? I'm really confused right now. You're uh, talking to me like I'm hiding something from you. Are you? Where is this coming from? Are you? No, goddammit. So you have no idea? I've never had anything but your best interests at heart. That's what I'm worried about. Well... Then I guess we'll solve this mystery together. But I have to find her now. 
if nothing else, if it weren't just for the family, for my family, at the very least, it would give us a leg up here in the, in our mission. You think your aunt has a, a Denieth? Is what you're saying? Spell it out for me here. I'm... I think she's part of the blood just as I am, which means that if she is my aunt, if you knew that, if you, she said you didn't know though, um, that means my mother or my grandmother or my great-grandmother was. I love you, Torl, and I always will. Nothing's going to change that. Now, are you referring to... <laughs> it feels like... When you talk about great-grandmothers, there's like, what, four of them, right? Because... But, mm -hmm. uh, anyways. <laughs> are you sure this isn't, uh... I mean, we've already got a purpose out here, Dana. You've got to be careful not to get distracted. I know I've got a purpose, and I intend to fill it. You know that I do. But if there's someone out there who's there's more family out there. <laughs> I gotta find them. Look, I can see this troubles you. Like I said, if if there was something in you, I'd rather hear it from you, but I'll trust you that there isn't. And like I said, I'll- It, it does them. trouble me. I mean, it's like that re discussion we were having earlier about the war. This is a, a flight of fancy, I think, Dana. I'm all for exploring your heritage, but I just don't think that there's anything that we'll find. And sometimes the sort of sort of things that you get from pulling on these kinds of threads are just more sorrow. Well, as it's like you said, you're you've always just been looking out for me. Oh, that's the way that it, you mean it to be, then be fine, you know. As the Traveler teaches, sometimes you have to accept the sorrow with the good. And as my time in-house Dennis taught me, there's nothing to be gained from not chasing down the truth. Anyways, this resin is not doing it. Here, try, try tossing a bit of brine and sand in it. Um, you're kidding me? That's what it's been exposed to this whole time. That's what's been causing a darn tarnish. Trust me, it was something it was something Mazello taught me and it worked to treat and um there's something I have to show you. And I hand over the letter from Gaius here, Trune, uh, which I have not revealed to you, I don't the think. First one, because there's also a second one now that's Oh, in... I didn't know the second one was up yet. Yeah, I meant to I was gonna I was waiting for this to go over, and I was going to mention, throw this in there, that there's a second letter. Mm -hmm. Oh, here, why don't you read it to me in your best storytelling voice? I... I, I can't... I just turn I don't red. have my spectacles with me. He doesn't have permission to, to look at the second message, huh? Do spectacles exist in Emberon? Sure. If um, can, it can build it, so, absolutely. The, the letter says... Oh, glasses, absolutely. Um, yeah, glasses exist. So the letter is dated the 24th of Olorun, and it reads, Lovely Miss Captain Dana, it was a pleasure to get yet another missive from you. While my heart leaps at the opportunity to have a meal with you, I tend to steer away from Regalport. 
Captain Roger at times has been uncomfortably insistent about his wants. That being said, I will be in Lily White till the 15th of Therindor, and should the Cranberry Bell find itself there in that time, I have one more bottle of Siren Red that I am now keeping in my cabin till I next have the utmost pleasure of your company. About your questions of the Mr. Bartell, a few sources I have uncovered have spoken of a Bartell herbal healing that has a bit of a reputation. It is located in Corth. I'm unclear if this is the same Mr. Bartell that you asked of, but the name and nature of the business made me think that it is information that I should pass on to, to your lovely eyes. Till I next see the light in your eyes, I shall remember the touch of your hand. Your servant, Guy, is your drone. And I'm very much, very aggressively cleaning the tarnish off of Torlin's cutlass here while I slide that letter, you know, while he reads that letter and I pretend he's not. Well, I was going to comment on your, uh, your storytelling tone there, but I can see that this is uh, quite a frustrating uh, stylism that he's composed this in. Frustrating? I'd be frustrated receiving that. It's like getting a letter from uh, the Lord himself. It's all self-important and all that. The tax man coming to collect his dues. What are you going on about? He's found Jurian. At least he thinks he has. And Torlin would know my stories about Jurian. He was um, someone I served with, a very good friend. Is this uh, Bartello? Yes, that is Mr. Bartello. Uh, sorry, didn't you just say it was he, he was referencing something, some medical? Uh, yeah, that that herbal uh, medicine in Corth. Yeah, well, the jury and I know is a medic, and now he's in Corth, uh, allegedly. But there's also the missive that uh, Gaius is very clearly inviting me to be in Lily White on the fifteenth of Therindor to drink with him. Which is eight days from now. Eight days from now. Uh, and that is... Quick calculation can easily tell you that <clears throat> even going to Tantamar and then Lily White first, you wouldn't make it by the fi- by the 15th. Yeah, no, that's, it wouldn't be possible, especially if we're stopping in Port Verge. For yeah, especially if you're stopping in Port Verge. That, uh, that wine delivery. Well, I don't get the sense that you intend to stop in Lily White. Am I correct in that? Ellie can't even find on the map, but with that time constraint, uh... I'm, uh, pinging it with my cursor. Can't drag you to it, but I can ping it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we, we can't, Torl and I... I took a job, I made a promise to Riger, we can't backtrack and then get back to Port Verge. Well, don't so act so pleased about it. Oh, Torlin, I don't know what to do about it. Seems the type, I better watch what I say around him. He seems the type to challenge me to a duel on the, on the Mizzenmast or something along those lines. He'd do no such thing. You just don't like frames. He's been nothing but helpful. And now he, and now he might've found Jurian. Anyways, I want, I want to tell you that it looks like I might have found Jurian. Well, and, I'm, and I'm happy for clearly, you. This is good. Uh, this is good. 
And this is very clearly Dana trying to bury the lead of, yep, I just showed you what I showed you. It very clearly says what it says. I, I obviously want you to see it, but no, this is all about finding Jurian very clearly. Michael's still confused. <laughs> uh, well, I, uh, we're setting a course after Tantamar for course then, is it? Is that the plan? Or are you still thinking about it? We still have to go to Port Verge. Let's let's hatch our chickens first. It's quite a then... journey as well. I mean, we have any intention of building an alliance with, uh, or building up connections with Prince Riger, it's going to put us quite out of the way. It for will. A month, Port, a month's travel. Port Verge is absolutely on the way to Korth. No, I'm speaking about, uh, well, Korth is like a month's travel at least. Yeah. Yeah, it will. Roger will have to wait. Um, speaking of which, this time of year with the northern channels of the principalities be difficult to pass at all? Um, yeah, it'd be, uh, it is early spring. Therondor's the beginning of spring so um yeah there 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 would still be some difficulty but i also don't get the sense um i don't imagine that uh the passages are ice bound the entire year even there's still going to be commerce going even during winter it is just more challenging so springtime yeah it would still be uh there would still be some hazards uh, but much better than deep in winter by hazards you mean like not ice locked but like icebergs and that kind of stuff yeah i always wanted to see what those icebreaker ships of the cold tight fleet look like <laughs> then we'll have to make some new friends and uh well i've i've only been to korth a couple of times it wasn't for a social call but well i won't be able to avoid getting attention for my mark there of all places uh, out of character, Korth is warehouse Dennis headquarters. No, that's Carlton. Never mind. Okay. But, but Carnath as a Carnath as a country still. is the seat and birth of House Dennis. It'll be, it'll be interesting one way or another. But if, yeah, they're the ones with the martial tradition, right? With Reckon Mark University yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah. Reckon Mark is in Korth. No, Reckon Mark is is in Carnath. Its own it's separate Korth. city. It's a, oh, it's its own city. Yeah, oh, Reckon Mark is Okay. Just what I know. But so, it's not far. What's yeah. that? It's not far. We'll pass okay. by it. Thalios and Reckon Mark used to be connected by uh, lightning lightning so, rail bridge. bridge that was destroyed within the first so, 20 years? Two times. They rebuilt yeah. it and it was destroyed again. Dana just uh, wraps it up by dropping a caustic remark about how, besides, the last thing I would do is leave a friend in Carnath and hands Torlin back his cutlass. Is there anything you wanted to do for an interlude, Michael? Torlin? Uh, yes, well, we've polished the sword and uh, Torlin leaves satisfied that uh, there's no more tarnish on it. Uh, but at the start of his next night shift, he looks down and he's at the wheel and he looks at his sword and gosh 
Dang it, there's more polish on it, and it just it won't seem to go away. There's gotta be something wrong with this this darn thing. It must have a curse on it, or perhaps Hersham's been wielding it while I haven't been looking, and his unluckiness has got into it. I'm not sure, but uh, I aim to find out, and uh, Torlin will grab hold of his, his pendant of the five bones around his neck and uh, clasp the hilt of the sword, and he sees a vision using his gifts of antiquity of a ship flying the colors uh, in a large naval battle on the Scion Sea. One armada flying a, a deep crimson red and magenta and the opposing side <coughs> Torlin sees from the viewpoint of uh, someone who is evidently a captain their ship uh, yellow and orange and he realizes this sword he's been wielding it all along was actually the weapon of a Thronish captain uh, horrifying and uh well, he sees the captain in a, a ramming action against that Karnathi vessel, and uh, it must have been some sort of last-ditch effort, because what sort of captain would ram their own ship and risk the that prized possession? Uh, and then the vision cuts off, and Torlin is just left astounded, and he immediately goes and sets off to go and find Unau. What can I do for you? Uh, Unau? I, uh... <laughs> I've got something for you here. You'd make better use of this than I. Seeing as it's a uh, part of your your heritage and all that, this weapon, it's... I just can't seem to find the balance of it. This, this cutlass doesn't suit me anymore. I think you should have it. <clears throat> oh, this is it's a little rusty, but seems quite sharp. I just polished it last... Last night, I can't understand what's going wrong with it. <clears throat> the captain said something about a special a brine of, of sand that was being used to polish it, but I can't imagine how that would work. Maybe Sandara had blessed that brine before she left. <sighs> but uh, anyways, it's your problem now. I'm done with it. He takes he takes a couple swings with it, and he's just like, huh, thank you much, uh, Master Trollin. Uh, let it serve you in good health. Oh my, wow. But now might have been the best Benny I ever spent. That's mileage. Man. Gave him a what did you buy the, cu the cutlass to? An NPC. An old yeah, entity. Just, I was just curious which one. I'm trying to map the NPCs. I'm trying to figure out. Yes. Uh, Unau is a, a Thronish uh, dark-skinned fellow that we picked up off of the... Uh, the Griffin, which is now the Crown and Bell. No problem. As you and guys name NPCs, I'm trying to look at them and trying to get a grasp of their. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Makes sense. Um, so, and with that, we will take our break for the evening. Welcome back. So, as you were traveling, I, I just I just wanted to oh yeah to add like a minor minor retcon retcon to the to my, my not not to retcon anything just to add a bit more detail 
So. Do you want to spend uh, a Benny to play an action adventure card, correct? I, I will. On, for your interlude. Uh, yes, I, I would just add a Benny, uh, spend a Benny to just alter some things, or just to add things to the history. So, um, Sade, right? If that's yeah. her name, right? Mm -hmm. uh, she's, a, she's a swap, right? And she's just uh, working on the deck. Um, and it's been a couple of days uh, where, I mean, Truco being a, a rope monkey, has uh, has been situations where just jumping from mass to mass has been a necessity, or, or just helping other other uh, riggers, and she got kind of got aware of that at some point. He just oh this this, this guy just moves around moves around a lot, and um, I will say that um, there have been some uh, not not conversations with her, but but just. Uh, um, exchanges or, or uh, so they're just observing Truco at, at moments, and she kind of has, a, I would say, she has a soft spot for the Ragajoshus type, right? And in this instance of the interlude, uh, this uh, moment of, of, of heroism from or the glory from Truco just standing on top of the turtle, and there's like a light coming in the right angle, and there's like some winds coming off that blows his hair off. And he just, she, Sade just sees that and just something sparks on her, right? And you know, Philip, what card I'm talking about, right? Oh, I'm shaking <laughs> my head. Oh my god, you're gonna play it. I love you so much. I'm gonna reveal my We're card. We're gonna be siblings in laws. Uh, I want these it. ships out of my game. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why this keeps popping off, but I, I just, I just made a. I just made a mental note that every time I have this card, I mean, every time, I, I, there's a need to be played. It needs to be played somehow. I don't know why. Um, so, love interest. Play on a non-player non -player character. I think at this the point, target. you don't need to bother reading I don't need it to. anymore. Okay, okay. I don't need Our to. fans okay, listening right. don't know what the love interest card is. Yeah. Eventually. Very... It's just eventually. It, it, it can be the long game. It doesn't need to. I'm very proud yeah. of you, and I'm so very proud, and we're probably going to have a double. I mean, we need to keep the twins somehow. I mean, if one wants to leave, you know, like we need to. Hey, now, who said I'm going to go for Shastrum? He hasn't even made a move yet. I mean, so I, I have a concern, Ernesto. I think you chose the wrong character. I think you should have chosen Shastrum just to, to add. Just to, that. to add more, you know, like, <laughs> love triangle. Those, those so, always uh, go well. In the series and and everything, yeah, yeah, no, but yeah. <laughs> so that evening, um, you know, she she asked you for some help that she has needing down in her bunk, and she's all like, "Wait, no, no, it's not down in the bunk. I think I dropped something down in the cargo hold." You know, she takes you down to the cargo hood, and then she actually takes you down to the bilges, and she's quite uh, she's quite aggressive in her approach. Uh, all right. We we will say things that way. She's not. All right. Uh, she is not timid. <laughs> Yeah, Truco is in as well, uh, so yeah, things go um, quite uh, openly. So uh, you're s the second evening into your uh, sailing to Tantamar, uh, who's on the night shift? I am, and Dana's not. That's all I know, because uh, I checked it. You and Lorena are the officers on the night shift? Yeah, okay, so... Um, Late, late in the evening, before the shift to the dog watch, 
comes. Um, you are sailing near Cape Far, and you actually do see some buoys in the water that are lit up, that kind of um, uh, mark something, and you kind of see a line that's passing around. Give me a common knowledge check. Everybody? First roll of the night. I will do it with uh, yeah, pleasure. It's just, just Torland's. Torland's on night shift. Yeah. That'll be a six. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you kind of notice that they, they seem to like block something as you're coming around some land and stuff. And um, you can tell that these are, uh, oh, that was the common knowledge check, not notice. Uh, oh. So yeah, you can actually tell that these are buoys that are set a couple miles away from Dreadhold kind of marking a line of uh, don't come near unless you are registered to come to Dreadhold, right? Uh, and give me a notice roll. Ah, how's Kundarak? You can Ooh. give that as a minus two because it is in the evening. I never liked those dwarves. Uh, notice check, minus two. Yeah, there are a couple. Of, there's no full moon out tonight, but there are a couple um Waxing waning moon, waning moon. So there is some light. Uh, well, even with an ace, that was a three. I'll give it a Benny. That was also a three, without an ace. Let's do another. I don't know what happened there. I rolled for Lorena since she was on deck as well. Oh, uh, okay. I seem to have Benny's to spare. That one was a three. Let's do another. Okay, we got a success. With a four there, you can see off into the distance beyond the buoys that's kind of marking the line. The uh, There's clearly some ever-burning uh, ever lanterns that are kind of there, but they're actually fairly dim. So the lights aren't tended necessarily to be super bright. They're just to be markers to be seen. But you can see off into the distance a, a big promontory that comes out and a big rock outcropping that comes up that is swirled in black clouds that... Uh, you can even just vaguely kind of see in the darkness. But above these black clouds, you see a single watchtower. It's a couple miles, certainly a, uh, probably three or four miles off or something like that. But you can see that in the distance um, in some of the moonlight. So you can see just a piece of dreadhold. Oh, that looks ominous. I've heard these Kundaraki are sorcerers. Who do I think would like to see this the most, who's not already awake? I'll go and wake up that drunkard Truco. This would definitely be late enough into the night uh, that those who are on the day shift would have gone to sleep. Yes, that was my thought. Uh, well, I'll go find Truco. Has he found some privacy, or is he just uh, out in the middle of the crew quarters? Oh, no, he didn't have a... No, there isn't mean. very much privacy on the ship, is there? Well, all the officers have one of their own rooms. Ah, that's true. All right, wrapping on the wooden door. Truco, there's something you got to see. He he wakes you up. You're you're alone in your chamber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what is he? Can you? Uh, no, yeah, I will say he is. No, he is. He is another another time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Could be, yeah. What can you can we give me some minutes? I don't. It's the day yet. Is the shift over? 
Come on, sleep is for those endurer. All right, all right. Just, just, oh, you see Trugo opening the door and it's just it's quite a bit tired. Just, uh, yeah, I forgot to lace up your trousers there. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry. Just fix them up. Okay. <clears throat> well, have you ever seen the cliffs of the Dreadhold before? The cliffs of what? The Dreadhold. Oh, Dreadhold. I, I did hear of that. That's like the, the, um, the mega prison, prison, right? It's like it's... They say the fortress is impenetrable. Oh, we are near to that? Protected by arcane abjuration and evidently some sort of strange sorceress clouds as well. Come and see. All right, all right. I'll just go with Tolman. We head up to the deck. Is, is this? Oh, wow. Is this done by? Give me a give me a notice check minus two, Truco. Oh, all right. Uh, noticed. That is two sixes or two aces uh, for a, a different dice for an 11. What are the minus two? So nine total, still successful. Oh, right? minus two. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, you're able to kind of see it even better than Torlin was uh, off in the distance. Uh, your feline ish eyes uh, catching and noticing some stuff, but you can't even, you do see it just like this big cliff island up there, um, this large kind of coming off this promontory, there's, you can't even see um, much of a castle or structure because there's these black clouds that are kind of surrounding most of the, the cliff top and everything like that. But then above the clouds, you see there's this one tower that rises above the black clouds. And that's it. That's all you see of uh, Dreadhold. Quite openness, isn't it? I mean, all surrounded by clouds. It's almost almost not invisible ah yes indeed i've uh is it, is it done by it, it was done by who who, who was who, who built it now that i'm i don't really know now would tarlin know with his bardic knowledge yeah give me a common knowledge check um and, and you're looking for like the history of kind of where it came from yeah Give me a minus two for the the deeper history. Even though it's a, a dwarf dwarf lore. A dwarf. It's, That's it's, a four with the minus two. Yeah, so you know, Dreadhold is uh, dates back to the very beginning of Galifar. Uh, in the first couple reigns of the kings of Galifar, it was kind of created as a place to hold uh, political prisoners, uh, people against the crown. Uh, all sorts of stuff. People that needed to be removed from society, but not killed. Um, and was it and House Kundrak who built the place, or was it uh, pre-existing? House Kundrak built it originally. Um, well, you got a four, and it was just a basic success. As far as you know, House Kundrak has uh, always run it, always operated, probably built it, as far as you know. Um, but it's been in operation for, you know, eight, nine hundred, nine hundred years. Um, and you would know uh, there was a, the rise of House Kundarak as a Dragonmark house is tied to, dra to Dreadhold, to their um, creation and running of Dreadhold in the very beginning. Um, 
And you know, it's now currently being used since the last war of uh, any of the nations that can pay the Kandarak fee can house somebody in here based on the terms of their particular laws. Yes. House Kandarak. Kandarak dwarves. Yeah, House Kandarak makes no decision on the laws. Um, somebody's willing to pay the fee to store them here and they've broken the laws in that particular country, they'll house them here. <laughs> They're a hardy, stubborn lot, Truco. It's said that every day they they have their crafts, they have their jobs, but every day after they work, they go down into the cellars of the guard houses and they dig their holes a foot deeper and use the soil to pad the tops of those ramparts a foot higher. Oh, so, uh, there isn't any any relation with you in that regard, right? You, I mean, I, I, I don't want to. Oh gosh, no! I, that's oh, uh, that's a terrible, t- terrible thing to say about another dwarf. No, no, sorry, of course. I, us I, I, us I, clan Colcarans, we would never, Coladrins would never be involved in something like that. Right, right, right. So. Not all dwarves um, are diggers. Of course, of course, my, my, my We're fisher folk. You were, you, you are good with fishing. Oh yes, it's a great ancient heritage. Oh, interesting. You know, it's a, it's something that I could like to learn at some point. But yeah, uh, still, I mean, looking at this, looking at this amazing building, and just thinking like, did anyone else ever? got to escape from it. That would be quite a remarkable achievement, wouldn't it? I don't think in the history of uh, the Dreadhold it's ever happened. Or at least, if it has, House Kundrak probably covered it up. Right, because of, yeah, image and all that. So you two spent uh, some some time here as you're, I mean, because it'll certainly take you a number of hours to kind of sail uh, before you sail in a way that Dreadhold's going to be completely out of your vision. Kind of ponder no. the yeah, prison and who might have escaped. and Fields with uh, curiosity uh, who might... and ask uh, Tolan for stories maybe related to... And I'm, I'm absolutely sure Tolan will tell you stories. Yeah. Whether they're accurate or not, Truco's not going to know. Like, no, Truco's going to like just eyes wide open and just listen. Yeah. Um, and so you you go stay on sail on for a number of days, kind of following the uh, down Cape Far and the Barrier Peaks. Huh. I as a, throw, hmm? as a throwaway line, if ever you guys mentioned that you guys saw the Dreadhold, Kay says, "Oh, always wanted to see it." Interesting. Yeah, by the time morning comes, Dreadhold is out of sight. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Out of character, I had no idea there were barrier peaks at Eberron, and that's kind of fun. Um, yeah. So after some time's passed on on the sail and we're getting closer to Tantamar, uh, during the day, Dana goes to seek out Kay. Where would she find him? Uh, right now, anywhere. He's not been assigned specific duties. He's trying to make himself useful. So he's trying to help everyone and learn... Um, everyone, who they are, try to help them across different things. And yeah, he... so... Okay. Yeah, well, in that case, I'll say I'm up on the quarterdeck 
at, you know, minding the wheel, and I call for my runner to go find Case so we can have a chat on the quarterdeck. Sastron goes, Roger, Captain. Um, so Sastron comes find you, Kate, down in, uh, down in the cargo hold, takes you up to the captain. Sure. Captain? Hey. Do I need to salute? <laughs> no, this isn't this isn't a military ship. Yes, there's a hierarchy, but not that kind. What can well, I do? Okay. For? Uh, just want to check in with you. We're getting close to Tantamar. Um, I know you're desperate to find Alexi. Is there anything you need in that regard, or anything more I should know? Anything more you should know? I thought I gave you everything. Well, I gave you everything that I had. Um, you have to remember that he probably won't be in Tantamar proper, so we're probably going to need to scout the underlying area. Yeah, um, oh, of course. The only other things you need to know are um, his boat is not the largest of boats. It's... Okay. Um, uh, hold on. Oops. I think I moved it without telling you. <laughs> yeah, I was looking for my journal, and it's gone. <laughs> Information. It's not a large boat. Uh, we need it's to. A, it's underneath. So, uh, if you just look in the mourners of the Lazar campaign, journals, missives, and sundries. There's an article in there that you have access to. Information on Arland. It's under where? Hmm. Campaign. Missive hmm. sundries. Yep. Lexi Arland. Okay, there we go. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a. If I remember correctly, it's like a. It's a one-masted ship. So. So she'll be fast. Yeah. Sloop. Sloop. She will be fast. And I don't know if you have any colors you want to show him, because if we start closing on him and he's supposed to be doing something illicit, uh, I know that my reaction would be to run. Of course. We can put up some some friendly signals and absolutely will. I don't know if you have a, a flag for sure. Uh, that was something always intended with the squibbing. Do I need to spend a penny on it? What was that? Having a searing flag for the ship was always intended as part of the squibbing. Do you want me to spend a penny on it or just say that it was with the squibbing? Uh, spend a penny on it. You know it. what? Because the flag was you know never what? called out. Okay. I, I can I, I can put something together. I mean, that's what you have me for, right? Or at least I can prove something that I can do. I didn't know you were handy with... Uh, with a needle and sailcloth. Uh, I, I might have graduated from university, but I know my way around most um, materials. So if I can find the what I need, I can put it together. In making, in the well, city. I I, uh, I, I, I did spend some time in making, but not too much. How are you feeling after a few days on board? Must feel nice to have that thing off your face. It does. Uh, it's much lighter. And I can look myself in the mirror again. So that's always a good sign. Also, my prospects seem to have improved. However, I feel like in saying thank you to the crew, I might have overstepped. What do you mean? Well... The other night when you gave that lovely toast? Well, yeah. I I just got... Like, over the last few days, I feel like... Certain people in the crew look at me a a little funny. Maybe Maybe I overstepped in in assuming what you were trying to do here. But you came to me, helped me as a Siren and uh, Truco and um, Torland, they're, they're a Siren as well. And 
you know, so are a few other people. I ship is called Crown and Bell. I kind of had maybe it was my big mouth. You know, I, I sometimes open it too wide. I don't know if mm-hmm. I made people afraid of for their job. <laughs> if you're when they can easily be replaced with someone who's going to be more akin to well, more akin to what you're trying to build here. Well, for one thing, Torlin's not searing. He's more honorary. We come as a pair. He's um, he, he's my godfather, as it were. He's been with my family for a long time, but no, but most of the crew, the rest of the crew, is not searing. Uh, most of them were either people who were on this ship when the Cloud Reavers using us took it from them and their cap and their old captain and the rest uh, were former cloud reavers a few we picked up along the way to regal port after that so yes it is a little haphazard right now and i don't know where everyone's loyalties lie at the end of the day except that they've all sworn to serve this ship as far as it gets them their loyalties lie with you and it wouldn't be the first time that sears had to use mercenaries to <laughs> that's uh it's an interesting choice of words you know i was i served house Dennis in the war oh yeah. did you i did i wasn't uh well anyways and it's at that moment actually that you guys are interrupted as you hear uh uh mira call out from the crow's nest uh <clears throat> ship ho I get out my spyglass and look to where she's pointing. Pointing at. Uh, go ahead and give me a notice roll. Plus two with that. Plus two with the spyglass. Guess I can look as well, even though I'm probably not going to be looking as well as the spyglass. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a six. I'm going to go for better. Going to Benny it. I want a raise. That is not a raise. Try it again. There's an ace on the d6. That is a ra- that's a 12. Two raises holding. So, okay, it's it's easy to see um, that there's a kind of a ship on the horizon. Uh, it seems fairly small um, from what you can see. It's not too far away uh, based on some of the land features that are around here in the path that you guys are sailing. Uh, you haven't. It's not on the edge of the horizon or anything. It's much closer than that. Dana, as you look through your spyglass, you can see that it's uh, it seems to be a fishing trawler uh, and that it's riding kind of low into the water, but it's healing over to port by several degrees. So it's not upright. So you get the sense it's probably taking on some water. The sails are flapping pretty loosely from the yards and there are fishing nets that are over the wa- over the starboard side into the water. But you don't see anybody on uh, on the deck or anything. Is that a boat? I, I hand cave the spyglass and say, I think, take a look. I think we've got ourselves a small detour. And I call out across the quarter deck, uh, ships listing off to port, going in to see if they need help. Fishing vessel, can't see any survivors. And I call and I start turning the helm to check it out. Uh, now, I would assume in combat and things like that, you would, of course, ask, get the whole crew to wake up and whatnot. Uh, uh, so I, yeah, I, 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 have, I, have, I 
have it beat to quarters, which is, yeah, re- every ship, everyone ready to their stations. Okay. Yeah, I have no idea what kind of situations you guys consider that would be the time to call everybody yeah, uh, up. Yeah, general yeah, beat to quarters in, in sailing age just means, yeah, everyone gets roused, gets to their station, is ready for action, whether it happens sure. or not, mm, but they're ready. Okay. He looks awkward. He hasn't been assigned to station. He's going to stay by the captain. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a huge age of sail nerd, so you're going to hear a lot of that stuff over this. Fine. I, I just Here's equated to Star Trek yellow. I just equated to Star Trek yellow alert means that everyone's awake and everyone's ready to back up people in case you need to. Exactly. It's a yellow alert. So, <clears throat> you all move over the ship. It takes you it takes you a little bit to get the get there. Um, by the time you get there, it's it's listing over to port even more, but it's still upright. Um, water's taking on, isn't causing uh, clearly immediate sinking or anything like that. But as you get over there... Um, We've prepped the rowboats, right? Since we're going to need... We have things. Let's, let's, let's prep the rowboats, Kay says, in case we need to go get fish anyone out of the water. I say, I've got you covered, and I take off my hat speak a command word and toss it down into the water and it transforms into a sloop. It's a little bit weird. I don't think it transforms into a sloop. Fascinating. It's quite that big. Yeah. Yep. It is a potent item. Into a sloop? It's a full-size ship. It's a full-size, one-masted ship. It's got a deck and a (laughs) a hole. No, a slope is too big for it. It's a small one, a jolly boat or a long boat. It's a skiff. Uh, Yeah, 15 feet long, two pairs of oars, oars, and one mast can carry up to eight passengers. Yeah, I'm like, slope, that's a little little bigger than I remember that. Wrong terminology there, but it's still decently large. Yeah. Fascinating. Uh, And speaking of which, you do have a couple launches on... The crown and bell, anyways, as well. Um, so yeah, uh, everybody who's up can get with me. the with the spyglass. By the way, um, can I see what's causing it to list? Is it just like um, it's like no one? No, it's essentially help? like listing away from you guys, so okay, to be able okay, to okay. see whatever damage is happening is is on the side that you can't see. So, okay. um, hey, can you amplify my voice? Is that something you can do? Uh, yes. Hold on, I got the right. I got the right tool for that. And he goes through his bag and pulls out this like box-like object with a bunch of. Uh, I would say, and... based on your powers, that could be a cantrip effect, effectively a minor cantrip effect to one of your powers. So yeah, you can do that. Well, I also have sound, which allows me to emanating from one of Arjun make sound. I can just yeah repeat what she's saying. Right, she's talking about essentially like turning her voice into a megaphone. Yeah, kind of I want to call out to the to the fishing vessel and see. I would picture it. that as essentially a cantrip effect to the sound sure. power. No problem. Uh, you do do make me a uh, roll roll for that power though. So that's an uh, arcana, right? Uh, no, you should actually just be able to click on the actual power, and the roll will come up. The option to roll for will come up. It is a repair roll. First power roll by K. Mm-hmm. Does it explode? Roll, please. Oh no! Oh god. <laughs> so it's LBT. I, What'd you roll? Two. I'm let me double check. I don't think you necessarily need to spend a penny for it. Um, Why? 
I rolled a two. Oh yeah, failure would it goes off with no effect. So if you if you want it to go off, spend them, Benny. Yeah. I was thinking on cantrip. The main thing is if you crit fail, you actually spend a power point. Mm. Yeah. No, there you go. I rolled a five. So you can actually add the power point back. Being a cantrip effect, it does not cost any power points. Perfect. Done. So I, I, I ask you um, to talk towards the device, and it'll project your voice. Just like Owen during uh, on the front. Fishing vessel, ahoy! Do you need assistance? There is no response. Could we hear them even at this distance? Even if they tried to respond? I mean, uh, everybody can give me notice checks. A, a signal or... Everybody can make notice checks. Yeah. I toss uh, the, uh, the spyglass back to the captain. She's, the, she's in charge. She needs to go yeah. Make that notice check. Do... I got a nine. I'll take out the old bone harp and use a little ominous ode. That's a seven for Dana. Nine for K, yeah. Oh, oh great traveler. Truco would be awake at this point. You would have been woken up with general call to order, so Truco wanted to well notice as well. Uh, yeah, yeah sure. Truco is probably at uh, the at the crow's nest, maybe looking at looking from there. And uh, yeah, go ahead. And, if you roll an ominous ode there, Torling. Yes. Oh, great traveler, what lies in store for us if we take this little dinghy afore to that thingy? <laughs> Very accurate. Accurate. And uh, that's a seven for my uh, my roll. That's uh, a six for the notice roll. From Juke. This is the first time that uh, Kay has seen uh, Torlin use any kind of magic, though. So he's definitely peaked by that. Get a little dwarven freestyle going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Does he even know what he's doing? So, Truco, you're just like climbing up. Uh, you end up getting a four. I mean, you you see, uh, you don't see anybody on the deck of the ship at all or anything. Uh, Dana's same thing as you're getting closer as well. You don't you don't even see any movement on top of the deck of the ship. Um, you know the sails are kind of flapping. Uh, they're unsecured in the wind. Uh, okay, you got a nine. You got a success with the rays. Um, water. Are there bodies in the water? No, you don't see any bodies or anything floating in the water. Um, you do see off your starboard thing. There, there is a like a dark shape that's in the water. However, you're having a hard time making it out, and it is like disappearing. So it's kind of um, uh, it's whatever is sinking. I, uh, I call it. It, it, it. it certainly seems larger than the body, and of course, the bodies would generally float unless something's weighing it down. Yeah, so you don't think you don't think it's it. a body. I'm going to call it out anyway. Um, I point. Um, so. Uh. So, Torland, everybody would actually hear your harp because I sent it to you as a whisper, kind of in the sense that everybody may hear your harp, but I imagine you're the only one that actually knows what it's communicating. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, well, there is, a, everybody hears a discordant sound, and uh, Torlin speaks up. There should be uh, some caution taken here for. Uh, We'll need to go and, and take a look, I think, but uh, we need to be very careful. 
So Kay points out what he saw, and he's like, I don't know if that's cargo or another ship sinking, but there's something down there, and it's going down fast. Things may not be as they seem. Things may not be as they seem. Uh, Harlan, do you want to lead the crew of the other skiff? Uh, certainly. What do you have in mind? Uh, just that we, uh, out of character, just that we have a responsible person slash officer slash party member um, leading each team. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Captain, permission to come or to accompany, just so I can take a look and see the damage. Maybe we can recover the ship. Yeah. Come on. Kay, you're with me. Truco, go with Torlin. Unau, Cog, you're with us. Owlbear, Tamroth, go with Torlin. All right. Uh, Phil, yeah, take, how waterproof... Check those in chat so I know who's going where. Phil, how waterproof is um, sailing? Like the, an actual sail? Sailcloth? Yeah. Sailcloth is generally pretty waterproof. Do we have any spare somewhere in like that I saw that I can just take? I can maybe create a quick patch with in case something isn't too bad. Well, the sail's not ripped or anything like that. The sail's untethered. Well, I, I get that. I'm saying if I need to jury rig a patch for a small hole or anything like that, I can might be able to use I mean, that. there's there's some extra sailcloth on the ship, yeah. Sure, I'll take a little bit just in case. Uh, what time of day is it at this point? Uh, it's... It's... Uh, early afternoon. So, uh, with the sun overhead, Torlin would be uh, just keeping an eye at the water uh, as we're moving forward in the other dinghy here with some of the other crew. Okay. So, uh, I would have I would have told Moira that she has uh, that she has the helm while I am off the ship. Uh, as a point of order, being a coxswain, um, Hersham would be piloting the ship quite a bit. And he is he is the officer, so. Oh, I did not realize he was an officer. Hersham, you have the deck. I mean, he's a junior officer, but uh, still technically an officer. Hersham, you have the deck. <laughs> um, so the, the boat is listening to port, right? as you're kind of coming up to it. So it's listing away from you, so you can't see the damage that's um, caused it. What's the intention with these two different skiffs? Are you both going to, are you, they both going to the same place? Are they both going different directions? What does that look like? The intention, my intention was to, was to rescue as many people as there might be to rescue. And I'm, I'm asking, how are you approaching the ship? Are, you, are both ships going to the same spot of the ship? Is one going one direction and the other going the other, another direction? Captain, uh, Captain, I recommend that we take one boat around to make sure to see if we can get anyone that's in the water and one to board. One around, one, one to scout, one to board? If there's Good anyone call. in the water, you want to be able to have one in the water, right? We call and I, I signal to Torlin and Truco to scout if you're okay with that. Yes, we'll also stagger the uh, approach to the ship there, I suppose. So, Dana and Cade... Uh, I'll lead the way. Or my, my dinghy will lead the way. Okay, so you start you start going around the ship. Uh, Search for survivors, forward. to specify. Uh, yeah, as you come out, there's no, there's no, uh, there's nobody out in the water or anything like that. Uh, 
Kate and Dana's dinghy make it to the boat. You guys get up onto the deck. Again, the deck is there's there's nobody to be found. You both can make uh, notice rolls or survival rolls. Does the strange uh, black shape in the water is that still there? Is that th there was like a figure that Kay saw? Maybe I miss maybe I misinterpret. Uh, uh, but he would have noticed that while he was on a different ship than you, so you guys, you wouldn't have noticed that. Oh, okay, okay. So it's not visible from now as we approach closer. Yeah, you I guys go around right. the side to see what what damage may be caused. You as you right? as you guys' dinghy come comes over to the side, you do see um, that uh, there is some damage. Mm -hmm. There's an opening on the port side. That's just a little higher than the water line, but the damage is enough. You can tell that a bunch of water has been get, getting in. It's probably not going to take that much more time before, uh, you know, the hole goes under and then the ship's going to sink much quicker. Uh, Truk is going to shout, there is some damage on this side. Yeah, I might call it out that Torlin was looking in the water. Could I make a notice check or anything yeah. along those lines? Or did I already do that? No, go right ahead. Could Truco tell what kind of damage it was? Well, that's it's a three. I'm going to spend the penny on it. Uh, and that's a ten. Slightly metagamed, but is what it is. Oh, it's slightly metagamed, but uh, as you're looking around, yeah, you don't you don't see anything in the water. You don't see any, there's no bodies or anything like that um, in the water as you're going over. Okay. Um. So yeah, Kate and Dana, you get up to the deck and uh, with Unau and Crimson Cog. Um, and the deck's empty, sails are loose. And um, as Torlin and Truco kind of begin to bring their dinghy around, uh, before Dana and Kay, you check into the hole, suddenly from the hole burst, burst opens, out comes... Uh, some creatures. S. Creatures S. Holy yes. shit. Oh. Creatures S. Plural. Yes. That's uh, they come like charging out of the hold towards <laughs> what? you. What? That is. And uh, we are going to finish this up with a quick combat. Oh. All right. Awesome. So these would be uh, fish like green scaly. They have like mm -hmm. tattoos of eyes on them, slitted yellow tattoos, pupils. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, everybody can give me a common knowledge check. Huh? Well, actually, the creatures from my dreams, from my visions. <laughs> Nothing common about these creatures. <laughs> uh, I will posit that possibly Torlin has a a, a plus for his. Uh, Having used gaze into the antiquity on some of the, the oh, items yeah, related to these fellows. So actually, you wouldn't need to roll. Okay, fair enough. You would recognize what these are. Um, and everybody, Truco, surprisingly, you've been, you haven't been at sea a, a great deal of your life. So these are actually some creatures that you haven't seen before. The rest of you know these to be uh, Sahuagin, uh, definitely known as you know marauders of the undersea. Uh, pretty vicious. Very intelligent as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
So, um... Druko, that harpoon that you have, be careful using it. They might recognize its make. Do you mean like it's, it's, it's from them? It was at some oh. point. They are very intelligent. I mean, even more reason, even more reasons to use it then. Use the enemy's weapons against it. I look at them and I'm like, aquatic. So, uh, okay. Being your first quick encounter here. Quick encounter is basically, uh, it's kind of like the names implies. It's intended rather than making every combat roll through the encounter, the combat is going to be decided by one roll. So basically, instead of, you don't want to think of the action you're doing. You're kind of thinking of like, what's your general tactic overall for the whole combat, right? Um, and then based on what that is, I'm going to have you make a certain role. Like if you're definitely like wading in and swinging and fighting and what, whatnot, that would be a fighting role. You know, if you're going to be throwing, you know, sh shooting a bow, a crossbow or something like that, that would be, you know, at most of the targets, um, generally speaking, that would be a shooting role, things like that. Like, you know, if you're going to be casting using, uh, your infusions and whatnot, that would be a repair role, which is your arcane skill role. Um, so things of that nature. So yeah, don't think in terms of individual actions, think of, you know, what's your general intent for the whole combat? And your role is based on that. Um, sure. If generally, since this is a deadly uh, quick encounter, if you crit fail, you're gonna take multiple wounds. Um, if, you, if you just fail, you will take one wound. Uh, if you succeed, you're successful in your actions, but you will take on a level of fatigue from bumps and bruises. With a raise on your roll, you don't take any adverse effects from the combat. Okay. Um, and with that, uh, and no action Again, cards are dealt with this, so oh. um, we'll go with Kate Dana first, since they are actually on the deck of the ship and going to be engaged first. And uh, I have yeah. a, a quick question. Um, you said creatures with an S, or is it like? Yeah, like there's there's like six to eight that come pouring out of the lower deck, okay. charging you guys. All right, I just yell out, "Hostiles, stand fast, K!" And my dragon mark flares up blue, and um, I want to inspire K by through the commander's call, and thus everyone else with me, um, to roll battle to support their fighting while I also take a, a slash at the swag in myself. So it's not going to be multiple actions. Remember, this is larger actions. What's your intention for the whole combat? Uh, so you're just going to be focusing on commanding the people and directing a battle and make a battle roll for it? Ah, uh, I mean, this one role yeah. is going to resolve this whole combat. Is this initiative or can I can we like can I say yeah. what I think I'm going to do um, and then they can react as well? Uh, there's no initiative for this. There's no action cards, no nothing. You just call it what you're doing for the whole combat. You make sure. one roll, that resolves the whole combat. Okay. I uh, yeah. Nar narratively speaking, I'm I'm commanding plus attacking. Technically speaking, I'm just gonna roll uh, battle to use the inspire edge to add to support one type of trait role for all allies in my command range um, because i'm a natural leader and k gets that benefit as well to bolster their fighting so i'll roll battle to bolster fighting so it it's not going to bolster their fighting because this is just one role so all the things that we normally do is, um, if you're going to support that would be your action and you don't make any role taking a bunch of 
you're gonna end up taking wounds because you're not gonna have a roll. So the normal things that we do in combat don't apply in a quick encounter. Okay. I'd like to figure out if, if there's something we can figure out later to actually use Dragon Mark skills in these, but in that case, I'll just fight. Okay. Yeah. You wanna hold them at bay? Like hold them so we don't get surrounded or something like that? No, I'm just, they're, they're pouring out of the hold attacking us. I'm just cutting right back. Okay. Um, Kay is going to, um, he's not a fighter, he's more of a thinker. So he is looking at the sail that's above that's untethered and he's wondering either use the sail or then the fishing nets because he said it was a fishing sh uh, boat. Find some way to drop them on the shot. Uh, how, how did you pronounce it? I don't pronounce it that way. Sahuagin. 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 The Sahuagin. The one. Um, yeah. Um, my goal is to trap them in a net or, or under a, a, a sail to basically capture them or force them in a, in a losing situation. How are you going to do that? So, like I said, I don't know. Um, I, I will, uh, if you if you want, okay, I can assist with that. That's true, go. You're on the uh, boat outside. Uh, yeah, but probably we are hearing this and we are getting into the deck sure. to help, right? Yeah, you'll have an opportunity. Because again, we're not going into rounds. There's going to be no yeah, rounds exactly. with this. Right, right, right. One roll is going to so, resolve the thing. So you guys are going to get up on the ship. We're going to resolve the fight narratively. So I don't know if the, the the best way is for me, and I'm I'm asking you because I don't, I don't know exactly what the, the layout is, but in, in the in a nutshell, either I'm going to cut some rigging loose and try to drop like in that thematic kind of like the sail comes down on the bad guys, or if there's nets hanging because it's a fishing boat, uh, attack the nets to drop them on on the saguain or so, something like that to put them in a, sure. in a situation where they drop on them. That sounds like athletics role for me. Sure. To be able to cut if, ropes and do that kind of stuff to to do that kind of sure if it helps um i can uh use uh pop and lock to unlock stuff at range if required these aren't locked okay dancing's sure. not gonna help very much nope so what's uh what's truco's attention and torland's intention yeah truco's gonna help with that i mean i will say uh truco hears from dana uh, the hostiles shout right, and 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 Trugo pops his his uh, shifting form, and he climbs up quickly to the deck, uh, harpoon in hand, and he sees kind of quickly this assess the situation, sees uh, Cage is looking for some nets, you know, he realizes okay, he's trying to do something, I I might help with that. Hey, I can, I can gather them around, and I can, and I will just uh, kind of taunt some of this wagon around me using the harpoon and say like, "Oh, look what I have! I think that your this is yours." And I, I mean, in the in the mix of uh, fighting and fating some attacks, um, just in an acrobatic style, maybe just running towards the mass and just jumping backwards and some points. Uh, just in order, in order to uh, kind of group them up for K to just drop the nets on them. Okay, sounds like athletics rolls. Sure. What are you doing, Torlin? Uh, yes, well, Torlin was prepared for this thanks to that uh, insight from the traveler that he received. So he brought his halberd with him just to be sure. And so he's lying in the back of the dinghy 
out of sight. And he sees that Truco is going to draw the attention of the Sahuagin, and he'll wait for them to be fully distracted before he comes up from behind, perhaps with their nuts surrounding them and just cleave them uh, in one fell sweep. Okay, sounds nice. like fighting rolls from Dana and Torland and athletics rolls from Kay and Truco. That's a three for Torlin, which I will Benny. He's a nine for Truco. I'm tempted to use Benny's because why not? Finishing with a 10 with an ace on the d6. I need to find my card here because it got lost in the shuffle. I think I just got a four. Yeah, I no. got a four. I'm going to Benny that. Remind us. Truco, uh, you you, you oh, get nothing more from another race. Oh, get nothing more? Yeah. Okay, What's... that's two races anyway. I, I have Benny's to spend. <laughs> what are the criteria for uh, a success here, or what are the results? Is success is a wound, and you have to get a raise to not get a wound? Success is a level of fatigue. Okay. But it is a success. All right. Um, yep, so Dana got E5 with the Ben. Okay. A also got a five. Thirteen. <clears throat> Thirteen from Truco, ten from Torlin. So yeah, um, you two on the deck are uh, very hard pressed uh, and attacked early on. Um, I think in this regard, given the situation, uh, we'll have now and Crimson Cog also will kind of see what happens with them. <clears throat> um, and uh, Albear and Tamroth. Uh, so all four of you on the main deck there get uh, scraped up and, and, and beat up quite well. Everybody on the deck, the four originals on the deck, taking on level fatigue from uh, uh, you know cuts and slashes from very Sahawagan. You guys. <clears throat> Uh, you're only kind of partially successful in your work with the uh, sails and the ropes, trying to entangle some stuff. Uh, however, you all are, all of you on the deck are really kind of like uh, saved quite a bit from Truco and Torlin coming in. Torlin wading in like he normally does, just kind of uh, taking out quite a few of the Sahuagin. Um, most I mean, we were hard-pressed. We were surprised on the deck. That's why we were on the defensive, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you you were kind of surprised, but you also had the forewarning from uh, Torlin, which kept you from getting a penalty on your roll. Um, so, uh, but they, as they kind of had you against the gunnels and everything like that, the, um, Torlin and Truco end up saving you guys mostly in, uh, was it okay. Albear and... Albert and Tamroth with them. Tamroth came, yep. Um, and? and so with that, you kind of clear the deck, um, only to go under uh, and discover that uh, the crew of the fishing ship is in the bay underneath, and they have all been slain by the Sahuag. Um, three of the... Yep. Adventure card, as Torlin and Truco come in to help us the adrenaline surges, I just kind of shake my whole body in that jerk of this is 
This is on now, thanks guys, and play second wind. Your hero instantly recovers up to two wounds and all fatigue sustained in this combat. Yeah, so, um, yeah. as they get, <laughs> um, as they get hard pressed from Truco and Torlin, you turn around and uh, come after them. Eight of them ended up coming out from underneath the deck. Uh, and you guys took out five before three fled. And, um, yeah, you do find that there are no survivors on the ship. Well, that's and, absolutely shitty. Is there uh, any corpse? Did they, did they, yes, said that there, in the... there are the remains of the, of the fishermen that were on the ship mm -hmm. earlier. Um, Truco and Torlin can give me notice checks. When it has been identified that these people are all dead, um, I'm going to take a look at the boat itself. If I can stop it from sinking, it gives us more time to figure out what's going on here. Yeah, we'll just point to K. You're good with this, right? And I just ah. show... Ooh. It's a critical fail. Critical fail. Oh, nice. <clears throat> Sneakers. Um, yeah. um. You need both ones for to, to critical fail, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't have anything for that since it's, it's, it's the end of the session and uh, the combat's over with that. Um, so yeah, make a go ahead and cast your repair power, okay? Because the ship is going to sink very very quickly. You don't have time to do a manual repair on it. Okay, that's fair. So I am going to do a resonant reconstitution. So there's a sounds that's coming in from the other from the other side. They sound kind of like hammery and tinny. Um, it's a device that he's using that generates that noise, which replaces kind of like the somatic component of what would normally be a spell. This is able to more deeply use his uh, his knowledge and his science to kind of like not do all the somatic stuff, but actually tap into the actual magic, right? That is used in, in, in artificiary. And he is going to roll. That is not great. Do I have a Benny to spend? No, I have a That four. is a success. Oh, I just, that's right. I only need a success for my power to happen, right? So. Yep. Yep. Done. Resonant um, reconstitution. I, that's a cool name. So you're able to patch the whole, um, and you can give me just a regular repair roll as well, Kay. Sure. There it is. Six. Um, as you're casting it and you're looking at it, you can tell that from the, especially on the inside, as you're inside the hole here, um, that this hole was cut from inside the ship with axes. Out? It was yeah. cut from the inside out? Someone was smashing the hull from the inside yes. out? Yes. Do I see, do it, is that like axes on the floor or did it, people axing this get pushed? Some of the Sahuagin had axes. Okay. Um, but you're able to repair that down. and, you know, the ship is still listing and everything. It doesn't take care of all the water that's still on the ship. No. But, uh, you guys have as much time as you want. Um, ultimately, all this, all the fishermen that were here, which there was seven, are already there's seven bodies you find here, um, and um, Truco, you did notice that one of the Sahuagin is wearing a uh, necklace of golden coral and a very strange silvery metal. Oh, that's fancy. Truco's cat eyes go, 
<laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, Jane is looking for the ship's log, like the pilot house or, or cabin or whatever. She wants the ship's log to see what happened. Uh, you don't find one. Being a fishing ship, having a log is not as common. I look very impressive having fixed the boat, and I do say I fixed the boat, but I know this is temporary. Um, uh, repairing stuff like this, um, it tends to be a little bit difficult. I, um, I understand, Kay. Uh, let's find any evidence we can of where these people came from or where they were headed and get back to the ship. Well, I want to actually create a patch here. If you guys, if we, I'm going to scavenge to actually find a, a, a way to actually. Oh no! This this, this repair would be permanent. No, oh. it's not okay. temporary. Okay, I just thought it was too big for it to be. Uh, no, to be permanent. This is exactly the kind of power that can do stuff like this. Okay, perfect. Perfect. So, I tell the captain we have a second boat. <laughs> so we do. Well. We'll set up to tow behind the crown and bell and try to find out where these people came from and where they were going. Yeah, that too. As I see uh, Kay doing that, like the gesture of... Salva salvage, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll set up to tow behind, behind our ship. More importantly, um, Phil, once the boat is no longer sinking, Kay is going to um, like cover his face because there's like dead people, so he's trying not to smell the dead people and the fishiness and all that stuff. He's going to very carefully examine the faces on all of the bodies. Okay. Uh, Torlin would also look around if he is able to find... Uh, he'd be particularly looking for any of the dead bodies that look like they may have been... Um, even though it's a sloop, small number of crew, you know, if there was a, an officer, a first mate, a captain, uh, looking for their weapon and potentially casting gaze into antiquity upon it. See if he could see some sort of vision from the past that might glean them some insight. And I would uh, like to support Kay in, in his investigation. You just kind of kneel down beside him and say, what features or markings should I look for? And that's the support role for Kay. Oh, that's sweet of you. Yeah, I'm not sure I, what I you're think, looking for when you're looking. I, say Alexi, I said Alexi had red hair. Oh, okay. Oh, got it. So I think one thing to clear this up, this is clearly just a fishing vessel. Yeah, that's fair. This this is local people just out fishing. Um, but clearly all the signs point to, they were attacked by Sahawagan, which came up from underneath the sea and attacked a fishing vessel. Uh, I'm on board 100%. He doesn't know. He's just checking to see if any of them are Lexi. Yeah, sure. Give me a notice check. Uh, and Dana First can, yeah. Dana can give a notice roll and support. Uh, you do not get any support because I'm out of Benny's and didn't sit and got it free. So, unfortunately, your roll is your roll, but you aced. Seven. Seven. Uh, nobody here even remotely strikes you as okay. potentially being They were. They were all. Uh, well, I'll leave that part out. Uh, go ahead and cast your spell, Torlin. Yes. And, and Torlin's checking the equipment on the people, right? That's a two. I will re-roll it. That's a six. Um, the only thing is you really see, you're looking for some of the fishermen's weapons specifically, right? Uh, correct. Yeah. Uh, they just, uh, there's a couple axes here. Um, but mostly all just had daggers. They weren't very well armed at all. Um, casting it on uh, one of the axes, you uh, see a brief fight 
brief unsuccessful fight, just a, a swing at a Sahuagin that missed as the Sahuagin ducked underneath it and then uh, impaled him with a with a harpoon. Well, I don't think that we'll be able to identify where these uh, these sellers came from, a local fishing village. Uh, but, I mean, we could, we could stop by and notify in a nearby harbor this has occurred. Are, are we near to... You're near Tantamar. You're less. You're less than a day from Tantamar. You'll be arriving at Tantamar tomorrow. So Slightly Is it cold enough that the bodies will last, or do we need to bury them at sea? Uh, no, it is not. It's still chilly in the evening, but it's uh, it's not frigid cold. So there will be some decomposition, but you're only a day out from Tantamar. So. Well. Captain. Let's bring them back to land and get them and get them to rest proper. Maybe someone will know them. Captain, not yes. to be the pessimist here, but how do we prove that it wasn't us? Uh, if he, I see you haven't been out here very long on your own volition, with uh, if it were us, we wouldn't be bringing them to port in the Lazar and looking for a way to give them respectful burial. If it were us out in the Lazar, we would dump these bodies and pretend like nothing ever happened. And hey, we have some free salvage now. Out of character. Things I've learned are a little uglier here. There's a bunch of dead Sahuag lying around, yes, right? <laughs> yeah, there's also a bunch of dead Sahuagin. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. That too. But I yeah. mean, those we, could, those we could salvage as well. Maybe but yeah, Dana's, exactly. but, you know, yeah. Dana's main thing is that people, if if we had attacked them, we wouldn't be honorably looking to lay them to rest because that's not how things work out here or really anywhere for people who are going to stoop as low as to attack fishermen. So. Um. It's good Sahuagin. to okay, so that means that we have to keep the Sahuagin too. We can keep the Sahuagin. Maybe valuable as well, so yeah. I can't imagine oh. why, but we'll keep them. Yeah. Um, Drugo has a new necklace, by the way, as he's talking. As is that now, so that's for you to keep it if you want to keep that. Just know it's pretty obvious that this is probably worth a lot. All so right. I'm just pointing that out because I don't know if that means that Truco would keep it or no, no, I mean, throw it into party loot. Will, will, I, will, I will argue for the sake of, of, of sharing, uh, Truco will wear it ostentatiously so you guys will know, oh, this is loot from the... Uh, this was from here. I think so. that necklace is strung with... Is that an eyeball on that, Truco? Does it, doesn't it look... I mean, it really combines yeah. with the outfit. No. It looks very well uh, oh, it's a cat's eye emerald. No, it's not, actually. <laughs> There's coral on it, but the metal is very strange. Um, all of you can make common knowledge roll minus three. Can I make a repair roll? Because I'm materials and I'm really curious at what that is. Oh. Um, yeah, I'll allow repair roll minus, minus four. I have no is common knowledge. The smarts. Yeah, I'm wondering if you can use your. I'm, I'm better on I'm better on repair than I am in arcane. Oh, anyway, Dana's um, got no clue about about what this actually is. I'm probably better off just rolling. You said it was common knowledge. Common knowledge minus three or repair minus four. I think you're better off rolling repair. Yeah. Repair minus four. I think statistically, you never get Where more than a. 
average oh, nice. increase of one with the dice change increment size. Right, so... That's a very impressive I'll, setup. This actually fits yeah. with the archaeologists. You have actually kind of seen this metal before. Uh, it's very rare metal because it comes from underneath the sea. It is known oh. as deep platinum. Um, it's uh, very rare up on Corvair here, being much more... You've seen it on a number of... Um, Oh, that's another place you would have you would have you didn't need to roll for knowing they were Sahawagan either. Backstory says you've gone to Corvair. You've you've seen Sahawagan and you've seen them with necklaces like this and asked about them. Um, it's known as deep platinum. Uh, it comes from underneath the seas. He's gone to where? Corvair? Not Corvair. Uh, Zendrick. Zendrick. Okay. Wow, I haven't seen some of those on this side of the uh, on this side of Corvair. What is it? What is this? Is this important? Well, it's deep platinum. You don't really don't see that. You don't see that above water. It's I like the word platinum. Mind. Yeah, yeah, it's it's worth a pretty penny. It's rare. It's got a bit of a, yeah. a an aquamarine shimmer to it. I'd say a beautiful well, prize. The, the term the term is a pearl shine, technically. But yeah. Thank you. Well, the ter- the term is it's a strange silvery metal with blue black whorls. Oh, oh, damn it! <laughs> it looks very good on you, Truco. But with Kaza, if Kay knows how we can fence this properly, there ought to be know. some dwarves in Tantamar. The craftsmen might might <clears throat> be willing to purchase this, and this would do a, a fine job of restoring some of our stores. Well, some well, of I you mean, will have to get you a, a different ornament, my friend. So, all right, all right. right. If you know someone um, from Kenneth, that like the, the specific metal there can be is used in a bunch of very, so, very specific in our ways. Uh, we're bringing the evening to a close here as uh, the following evening, you guys sail into Tantamar. Um, and... Uh, you do arrive on uh, the 12th of Therendor, and um, we will get Isn't to dealing with the trawler and everything like that. Uh, but it's all pretty easy for you to pick up the buzz on the docks because uh, there's uh, there's pretty much only one thing most people are talking about on the docks. And uh, that's the fact that, uh, oh man, I gotta remember Should the we names. We arrived on the 12th, so we're one day late. Yep. Um, A day and a half ago, the heart of the crown was sunk uh, in the bay, and Captain Alexei and a couple of his crew were captured and are in the prison that is overlooking Tantamar. Because as you sail into the bay, there is kind of prominent that there's a big cliff rock outcropping kind of like the outside of town that there's a large structure on top of um, that is a prison in Tantamar and uh, oh no <laughs> they oh, were yeah. sunk the I ship guess. was sunk in Spring Harbor um, and Captain Alexi and a couple of his crew were captured as uh, during the conflict and uh, next session as you network further to find out more about what happened you will discover then but um Finding out that basic information is all that's really being talked about on the docks at this point. I guess Torlin's trip to the Arani Theater might have to wait. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And with that, we will end the session for tonight.
I'm Ellie as Captain Dana, and here next to me on the docks of Tantamar are... This is Jaime uh, playing Kay Zamorano. I'm Michael Torlin. And Ernesto with uh, Truco, no last name. And I'm Dungeon Master Philip. Thank you again for listening this week. Appreciate it. And I hope you come back next week. Find out what our party does with the last bit of information they found coming into Tantamar. And Truco's love life. And Truco's love life. Thank you and good night. Good night. Good night.